Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Probably True. Stories of queer life and even queerer sex. Please be aware that this podcast contains strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. Hello and welcome to the second in this mini-series on love languages. Last time was acts of service, and today we're all about physical touch. Because who doesn't love a good cuddle? Although, I do admit that show people you care about them by occasionally touching them does sound like a HR nightmare. So, as we'll see, human contact is important, but getting consent from the person is importanter. More important. Anyway, physical touch. I asked my old flatmate about this, because he's a neuro something medical type, and he was telling me that it does stuff to your nervous system that's actually super healthy for your mental and emotional state. It helps you relax. It undoes some of the fight-or-flight instinct that's always going on in people's brains. It kind of helps melt away some of the anxiety by releasing dolphins in your brain or something. I don't know. I wasn't really listening. Anyway, we all need these dolphins, apparently, because getting hugs is a key part of everyone's healthy emotional development. Years ago, back when the world was young and the stars were different, I went to a hippie fair where they sell like crystals and tarot card decks and you can have photos taken of your aura. It's amazing what they can do with science nowadays. What a time to be alive. Anyway, hippie fair. Through the haze of incense and crushed velvet, I remember seeing a poster that said, Hugs. Four for survival, eight for maintenance, twelve for growth. And I thought to myself, well, I'm well ahead there then. I've had at least twelve hugs and we're not even close to Christmas. Apparently that was per day, which seems a bit excessive. Twelve hugs a day? The only time I can remember getting 12 hugs in one day, apart from during my pretentious drama student days, was at a funeral. And without Jessica Fletcher moving in next door, it's not going to be sustainable to keep bumping people off just to get another load of hugs. That said, I can think of a few motherfuckers whose deaths would help my mental state quite considerably. So if anyone is feeling a bit murdery, drop me a DM, I'll send you a list. Speaking of Tories, as lockdown was ending, notice, lockdown was ending, not the pandemic. That has not ended. People are just pretending it has. As lockdown was ending, the BBC put out instructions on how to hug people, in case you've forgotten. In case physical contact, human intimacy and happiness weren't the things you'd been missing most throughout the whole end of the world thing. When it comes to human emotions, you can tell the Tories have no clue what it's about, can't you? If there's not a step-by-step guide, they'll just panic and deport a brown person. I remember hearing a bit of old wisdom that says, Always assume ignorance rather than malice. People are a lot more likely to be stupid than cruel. It's probably at that hippie fair, to be honest. And I think we should update it ever so slightly for the modern era by adding a bit at the end that says, Always assume ignorance rather than malice, unless there are Tories involved, in which case it is definitely both. Anyway, we're all allowed to, consentingly, hug people again so we can start to benefit from real human contact instead of just rolling the duvet up and putting one leg over it and pretending you're cuddling a real person. 
which is a totally normal and handsome thing to do. It only gets weird when you start putting clothes around it and drawing a face at the top. I certainly haven't done that. Anyway, physical touch doesn't mean sex. Or rather, it doesn't have to mean sex. There's more to physical intimacy than giving someone a halfway adequate nobbing. In fact, I've found sex can be some of the least intimate things you can do with another person, if you're not careful. I've had far too many grim, no-eye-contact, leave-as-soon-as-one-of-you-comes hookups to know that. This is a thing I think a lot of gays struggle with, especially in the UK. We're all kind of emotionally damaged over here. I can't speak for the rest of the world as I haven't got around to shagging everywhere yet, but I'm working on it. It's definitely a thing here, though. We equate physical intimacy with sex a lot. Even when I've said to guys, I want to hang out, but I'm just in the mood for a cuddle, to be honest. And they say, hey, that's fine. We don't need to have sex. So then they come over and, like clockwork, cockwork, like cockwork, a little while later, there's something poking me in the hip or grinding up against me, hands trying to get down my pants and a general, ooh, let's get horny now vibe. I've had to start calling people out on it. When I say, I only want to cuddle, and they say, that's fine, we don't have to get sexy, I reply with, do you mean that, or are you just going to try and change my mind after 20 minutes? And usually they're quite honest about it, and they say, (laughs) maybe, winky face, and then they get blocked. Because that's not, well, nothing's fair, that's a bad word to use, that's not cool. I've set a boundary, and the other person has noticed it, and then explicitly told me that they're going to ignore it. That is not something I want to have to deal with, because then I, as the one who just wants some human company without having to deal with a random penis, I'm faced with either having to get through some sexual contact that I have expressly said I do not want, or I have to keep reinforcing a boundary that I'd already made quite clear. I often say that people need to speak their needs more when it comes to sex and relationships, but maybe there's a second step that I haven't covered quite as well. When you have spoken your needs and made it clear what you want and where your boundaries are, if the other person, or people, involved are not respecting that, remove yourself from that situation immediately. Or, better still, avoid the situation entirely, which is why I block them. Does no mean try again in ten minutes? Does no mean grind up against me until I'm literally worn down by your advances? Does no mean keep trying to convince me because you know I'll enjoy it when we get into it. The unspoken words hanging in the air are I've done the thing you wanted, now let's do the thing I want, get your cock out, yum yum. And you know, this is all pretty basic stuff, this shouldn't be a conversation I have to keep having. Sometimes all you want is to feel a connection and it shouldn't be a big thing to learn that not all connections happen at crotch height. But here we are. Maybe part of this is a fear of that level of intimacy, that perhaps if we put sex in the way, we can use it as insulation from actually having to connect with someone on any deeper level. There was this one guy I dated a while ago who came back to mine and we got all grunty and squirty together and then afterwards he fell asleep next to me in bed. He was pretty much asleep by the time his head hit the pillow, to be honest. It was late and I was kind of into him and he didn't snore or grind his teeth, so I didn't mind, I just let him stay. If he'd kept me awake, I'd have kicked him out immediately, obviously. The next morning, he was absolutely horrified that he'd slept over. He panicked. As soon as he woke up, he grabbed his clothes and almost ran for the door. It was like some terrifying thing he couldn't believe he'd done. Not the sex, he was fine with the sex, we shagged a few times before and after that, but the act of sleeping next to someone shook him to his very core. He couldn't get out the door fast enough, bless him. 
And me being me, I tried to date him after that anyway, because all those red flags looked so pretty fluttering in the breeze. Not really sure why I fancied him, to be honest. The sex was quite good, and he had silly hair, and I liked his tattoos, and I think that was probably it. Certainly wasn't his personality I was into. Christ. But then, it's also easy to go too far the other way. There have been a couple of guys I've shagged who have literally held on to me after sex, so I couldn't get up and leave, just because they were so lonely. Which is heartbreaking, but also a bit creepy. And not how you go about getting someone to stay. Especially me, it just makes me want to leave faster. Chaining that sex worker to a radiator didn't work for Boy George, and similarly, doing an impression of Colin the Amazing Human Limpet is not going to endear you to me. Consent and boundaries on both sides are an important part of any physical interaction, not just the sticky ones. So, find people you can rely on to cuddle you without expecting a penis in your mouth as an inevitable consequence. Friends, romantic and sexual partners, everyone, there's definitely more room for non-sexual physicality in our lives, I think. It doesn't even need to be a big thing. I was round at a friend's house a few weeks ago and I just watched Netflix on the sofa with him and his boyfriend. I was in the middle and friendo put his legs over me from one side so his knees were on my lap and then his boyfriend on the other side did the same thing the other way and we just sat sprawled like that all over each other for a couple of hours. It was really relaxing and a great way to spend the evening. The next time I saw them we all diddled each other senseless but that's not the point. That was Probably True, the multi-award-winning storytelling podcast created to remind all of our queer siblings that we are none of us alone. If you like what you heard and you want me to keep doing it, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash probably true. This week's Patreon compliments go to Andrew Robbins, who's always the first person you message when you really need a hug, and Brian McMillan who would never try and grind his erection up against your leg because he's too much of a gentleman for that. If you want your own Patreon compliment, go to patreon.com forward slash probably true and sign up to support the show for as little as £1 per episode. Which isn't very much considering how wonky I am at getting these episodes out. This is a promo for The Astrolic Explains. A podcast where I, Chris, a non-scientist, ask astronomy questions. And I, Alfredo, as the astroholic, try my best to answer them. So, Doctor, what are black holes? Why is Pluto not a planet? What's up with the sun's poles? Why does Jupiter want us dead? Is Betelgeuse going supernova? How is the universe going to end? Can we hitch a ride on an asteroid? Is there Chris, life- this is a 30-second promo. You can find The Astroholic Explains on all your favourite apps or follow at The Astroholic on all social media. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 